West program, Austin Matthews. The belly box, Nylander gets an extra shift. William Nylander shoots. He scores! The coach played a Hodgson. The kid has his first National Hockey League goal. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Toronto Maple Leafs Tip of the Tower podcast. I'm Chris LaCrance, and joining me as always is David Morissuti and Jake Middleton. Guys, we got a trade to talk about in Leafland. Uh, Brian Boyle headed north of the border here to join the Toronto Maple Leafs. Solidify the center depth role that Mike Babcock has been talking about that he's pretty much wanted for a long, long time. So out with Ben Smith, out with Frey the Goat, in with Brian Boyle. Thoughts on the trade, guys? Uh, definitely what the Leafs needed after that game against Montreal on Saturday where they couldn't Basically, they couldn't win a face-off when they needed to, and this this is definitely an upgrade that the Leafs have. I think they've been wanting for the whole year, ever since they picked up Ben Smith on waivers. I mean, there's only so much the waiver wire can get you, and I think they finally did the right thing, which was trade. Not not even you know they had the accumulation of all those picks, especially in the second round, and Byron Frey, who's not doing, not doesn't have a much of a future in the NHL, and you're moving him to get a guy that's going to help you and potentially be an option moving down the road which i guess we'll talk about yeah no i i mean obviously i thought it was a great trade for them uh obviously brian Boyle's a guy that they've coveted for a long time especially this regime i remember they were in the running for him when he signed with tampa i think it was a couple years back so this is a guy they've wanted for longer than just this year uh you know watching that montreal game and watching ben smith play on the third third line was painful and they were talking about it on the radio today, how whenever Ben Smith got caught in a defensive zone, Montreal would just send their best offensive line over the boards, and they would just, they would just kill them. I mean, Ben Smith's not an NHL player. He should nowhere. He should not even be on an NHL ice surface. So that's a plus, just that he's not playing anymore. And to get a player who's played the most playoff games over the past four or five years in the entire NHL is obviously it's it's not a bad trade to get a guy with a veteran presence for a young team like us and also to give up a second round pick considering we got two for Roman Polak I'm I'm pretty much okay with the with the price yeah to give a little bit of background on Brian Boyle here uh, 100 postseason games he's been to the postseason the last six years he's played the most postseason games during that span uh, only 26 points in 100 playoff games, but I mean, his track record speaks for itself. Um, most importantly, this season he's 53% in the faceoff circle, and like you were alluding to, Jake, with Ben Smith, how terrible he's been in his own zone. That's not the case of Brian Boyle. He's 50% in shorthanded draws, and in his own zone, he's been one of the best faceoff men in the league. So that's a little bit of a skinny on him. Um, some of the things I've seen on Twitter, especially, is that fans are actually bitching about the cost. Not a lot. The majority agree that this is a great trade for the Leafs, but. Some are saying that a second rounder is too much. Why would you give it up for a rental? What do you guys do? I mean, to me, this is no matter what, it's a home run. It's worth it for the Leafs. But what would you say to those detractors out there that feel this was too much? Did you see what uh, Martin Hansel went for? Um, Did you see what the Sens gave up for Burroughs? Like, the, the prices for rentals, I thought were going to be pretty low. But they're actually a lot higher than I expected. I mean... Other than the Ben Bishop trade, a lot of teams that have given up on rental guys or guys with expiring contracts have done pretty well for themselves. I mean, the fact that Vancouver actually made a trade that's going to benefit their future by getting a young player just shows how how the, how some teams could be 
desperate for rental guys, but not make the wise choices like Ottawa did with Burroughs. And yeah, I, I'm not okay. The second round pick is obviously a second round pick. I think people look at what the Leafs have done with second round picks and third round picks, and they kind of want to stockpile those and get good prospects. But you also want you you take up these picks to do do something like this to be able to be in a position where you can use it to get guys like a Brian Boyle, who I think is going to round out your center depth. Like Jake and I had talked about, and we talked about so many times how the Leafs center depth is not great. There's, I mean, Frederick Goche has done a good job filling in, but I think he still has a little bit more ways to go. I mean, Babs is barely playing him 10 minutes a night, and I think Boyle will just, give them what they need and he'll also provide the team with some good experience and obviously with his playoff experience it's great and he puts up great possession numbers he fits what the Leafs are doing obviously he's a big guy so his skating is he doesn't have the foot speed like uh some of the other players but his size the way he owns the puck uh if you just watch the highlights I mean he's not easy to knock the puck off of and he'll hopefully give uh, Nikita Sashnikov a little bit of uh, a boost on the fourth line there too. Also, a fun fact about uh, Brian Boyle, he actually wa- got skating lessons from Barb Underhill, which yep. gr- uh, greatly, Im- which he said greatly improved his skating stride, so that's yeah. another Leafs little tidbit. Yeah, I yeah think- that was something I was going to just mention, actually. <laughs> yeah, well, Paul Hendrick uh, po- tweeted that out, I believe, and she she's done a great job with some of the with some of the guys on the team that have had really bad skating and they've now gone to about average. Okay, so... And I also think he's a really good mentor for a guy like Freddie Gauthier, mm-hmm. who you actually... For me, that's his projectable. That That's the ceiling for him, is you're going to be a Brian Boyle, because he's huge too. Uh, he's a guy that doesn't have great foot speed, not really good offensively, but he's an elite defensive player, and he can play... Brian Boyle, if say believe it or not, can play up or down your lineup. I mean, he he's capable of playing with skilled guys. He's capable of matching up with skilled guys. I mean, I remember uh, Rangers against Pittsburgh where he just had a really big faceoff against Sidney Crosby, won it, and then I'm pretty sure it was Game Seven, and they scored a goal off on that shift. So, yep, they did yeah. it actually. I remember. I know exactly what play you're talking about. Yeah, but it was just one of those annoying guys to play against too. I mean, he that, might not do a lot of things on the box line. Though. That fourth line is going to be a pain in the ass. Oh, yeah. Soshnikov, Martin, and I'm presuming Brian Boyle is going to be the fourth line center. Yeah. That is huge, and they're they're all going to finish their checks. They're going to be pain in the asses. And they could they can – it's not a matchup line, obviously, but they can definitely, in a pinch, you know, be in for defensive faceoffs, and they can aggravate some really big-time players. So uh, I I think it's a really good deal. When you look at it and looking at the cost that some of these other guys got, Alex Burroughs got Jonathan Dahlin, who's scoring at a point-per-game pace in the Swedish second league. Uh, Martin Hansel got three picks. I mean, it's it's pretty insane what it is. But, um, you know, just, just the fact that they didn't give up what other people thought they were going to get. They thought that Brian Boyle was going to go for a first-round pick. And they got him for what is probably going to be a pick in the late 40s. So, I mean, Even also, in the 50s. You're, oh, well, it depends on – they're probably going to be in like the 18s. So 18 mm-hmm. plus 31, yeah, late 40s, something like that. 
It'll be the highest second round pick they have. Yeah. I think another thing too to what you're saying about this line being difficult to play against is kind of shaping up to be like that Casey Zizekas, Kyle Clutterbuck, Matt Martin line that we saw with the Islanders where they were just annoying to play against and they would go out there against top lines and really shut them down. Another thing too is that he's really referred to as a great teammate. Um, everybody speaks so highly of Brian Boyle. They say he's a mentor. Everywhere he goes, he doesn't have a lasting impact that is only on the ice. It's throughout the dressing room and it's things that players remember for the rest of their careers. So I think that's something that's going to pay dividends with this young team further on down the road. Do you guys think he could resign here after the season? He's a UFA to B. So do you think maybe with a good run, he might come back? I think so. I mean, as I said before, he was in a conversation to sign with us before he signed with Tampa. I mean, it didn't make sense for him because we weren't a good team at that time. And, you know, he, in his uh, interview, uh, per, per his conference call, he was just talking about how awesome the young players are and how awesome it is to play in Toronto. So you never know. But if they do and they can get him for, you know, something like three years, you know, two and a half to three million dollars, you know, that's nothing. That's that's a really good signing, in my opinion. Yeah, I, th- I think he sees Toronto if he well, when he gets here, I think he'll see Toronto as a similar situation as to what the uh, Lightning were. You know, a young team with a lot of skill, and just he just has a role to fill. And I and I agree. If he if the Leafs can offer him a contract like three years at two and a half, I think that would be my cap, just based on. But what well, you got to pay other guys eventually. I think it could entice him. But again, the the UFA market, he's going to obviously test it, and a team could could offer him more than that. And it's up to him if he prefers to go towards a contending team. I mean, this guy has played in so many playoff games. I'm sure he just wants a chance to win a cup, and maybe the Leafs will give him that opportunity in the next two to three years to do that. I don't know how many contenders are going to want a guy like him when they have other needs. or he. It's going to be a bit of a tougher road for him, possibly, and I think if he enjoys the situation here in Toronto, it makes sense for him to try to win a cup here. I think, too, depending on the cost, the Leafs will definitely match whatever it is within reason, obviously. But this is literally, if Mike Babcock was to carve out a fourth-line center that he would love to deploy every night, it's he's, Brian Boyle. It's he's 6'6 six, six all the time. He's 6'6 six, six all the time, Chris. There you go. <laughs> say no more. <laughs> that's literally the biggest Babcock line, and he's just going to say it all the time. He's literally 6'6 six, six all the time, and that's Babcock's perfect guy. Moving on to what else the Leafs need, I think we can unanimously agree that a defenseman would be ideal, obviously, but... What we've seen so far in the market, it's going to be a ridiculous asking price. So I think we can maybe scratch off a guy like Kevin Shattenkirk. What would you guys think on that? Yeah, I mean, from what I've seen, it, it's uh, it's going to be a battle between Pittsburgh and Washington from what Brian Lawton from NHL Network was saying. I mean, I just, I just it doesn't make sense for us right now. Mm-hmm. He does make sense as a free agent, but not right now. He's, okay, so what else yeah. do the Leafs need, Dave? Oh, they need. I, I think they do need one more defenseman. Um, I think they can get by without going for a top four guy like a Shattenkirk. I mean, just because the cost will be too much and the type of rental the Leafs need. Like, I, I've we've talked about this, and I've talked about Brendan Smith being a guy that they've they've shown interest in that people have talked about them showing interest in. Again, he's also a free agent, and Chris, I think you were mentioning that Detroit may want to sign him, but. The draft will also indicate what a lot of teams do, and I think Brendan Smith could 
could fit well in the Leaf system. He's not playing a lot in Detroit, and Mike Babcock's familiar with him, and he'd be a way better upgrade over Roman Polak. So I think if they're going to do anything, it's going to get a guy like Brendan Smith, a rental that could cost you. I mean, the, the Leafs will have to maybe trade a, pro, a lower tier prospect or a, another player just so that they get the contracts because they're at 49 right now. So that's what I see them doing. I don't see them making a big splash. I, I think that will happen in the off season. They're going to get a good understanding. Hopefully, if they make the playoffs, what they need and go through that route instead of trying to pay I mean we're only a couple no a couple days away from the trade deadline and this is when teams are pressured to make deals and overpay so I think the Leafs wanted to get that centerman now and then the defenseman is something they can look at if they don't they don't get it yeah I think when you look at the rental market it's going to be tough for them to address the need on defense Brendan mm-hmm. Smith is somebody that, like you were just saying, Elliot Friedman mentioned on Saturday night that the Detroit Red Wings would like to re-sign him. That doesn't mean they're going to, but they obviously would like to, and they're going to try and work out a deal, he was saying. Um, but if talks go south, I mean, they might deal him now instead of waiting until the draft where they might get less value for him, especially since he's going to be a UFA. So he's an option. Other names I wrote down for potential rental players, um, again, the market is pretty shit, to be blunt. Yeah. Names like Patrick Sharp, Shane Tone, Verbata. Brendan Smith, Steve Ott, Johnny Oduya, and then obviously Kevin Shattenkirk, but we've already talked about him. Um, anybody else you guys see that appeal? Looking at this list here, I mean, it's a lot of Fords, a lot of rental wingers. Yeah, and the Leafs, we've talked about this. The Leafs just have so many wingers that there's no really a point in trying to get another winger. I mean, I, I think right now the only thing that the Leafs can do is maybe look at, see what Josh Levo's trade value is like because – he's going to be sitting on the bench unless him and Sashnikov rotate. And then if you look at guys that are going to be free agents, there's just not much out there. I don't see the Leafs going. I mean, it would be nice if they added a veteran guy. I just don't see where they're going to put that guy um, going forward. And the, we talked about the defensive market. Johnny Dewey is, if we're going to look at that list, he may be the only, I guess, veteran guy that can bring you something. I mean, he has that experience with Chicago. If you're looking for a guy with playoff experience, which is what they got in Boyle, I mean, a guy like Cody Franzen from Buffalo, I mean, no, he, the issue is again, (laughs) (laughs) we've been there. Come on. We've been there. I don't know if any of these guys make you a lot better. That's the thing, right? Cody Franzen makes you worse. He can't skate. We don't need more guys that can't skate. That my point exactly. So you want a guy that fits the mold of your team. Uh, Boyle did. I don't know who else does. And the defensive market is not great. Like it's you. You look at guys that are going to be free agents this summer. I mean, this could be a very very slow free agency. Um, the the expansion draft is going to change all that. Guys are going to teams are just going to be making trades through that way, and Vegas will have a lot to say in that matter. So I I don't I don't see. The only guy that makes sense, and I said it was Brendan Smith, and that, and that's the only guy I would, I would be targeting. Anybody else that you see out there, Jake? Honestly, no. Yeah, no. no. Well, what about this idea then? Obviously, they have some dead money in Brooks, like Malay McCall, like Colin Greening. What if they try to ship one of these guys off to Arizona, who has ample cap space for, let's say, a Verbata? I know he's soft. He's not necessarily like a Babcock player, but he's a guy that can score goals. He's proven to put up points in this league. 
Is that a possibility even? I know it's a stretch, but possibility? No. I The only reason I don't is just, again, you're... you're... Rabada is, is not the type of guy that yeah. Mike Babcock would want. <laughs> I know. I just look at this market, and I'm like, hey, Patrick Sharp, like, the Stars don't want dead money. They want assets. They want picks. They want young players. I don't know if you want to give that up for a guy like Patrick Sharp. And then you look at Arizona. They could take on some dead money, but they probably want some picks too. And I don't know. Like, I don't know what they really have to offer. They're, and they're, But the other thing is their cap situation because of what they got with uh, Pavel Dasi's contract being there. They have, I think, Pronger's con- contract, Dave Bolin. Holy smokes, that team with all their – all these, they got dead money galore. They have so much dead money, and it's just I I think Arizona, I, looking at what they have, I mean Shane Doan is I mean his name is obviously out there. Verbata's name is out there. Uh, I don't know if a guy like uh, like Luke Shen if his if his name I mean he still has one more year left on his deal. There's just not much out there, and especially with Arizona, they only have so much they can they can move out. For assets, I think Don is their best one, right? Um, Don and Verbata are their best, and yeah, I, I think I think Don's gone. Don't yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. After, after what, what he said, after what he said, I've never heard a guy just sound so disheveled. <laughs> he sounds defeated. Like he's yeah, been in he Arizona does. for so long, and he's like, ah, the weather's nice, but I can't take this losing anymore. And losing takes a toll on you. Oh Anybody yeah, who's done it before, I can tell you that. Um, looking at this though, I mean. The problem that I find is that the teams that have that match up well at the Leafs as trade partners, they're in a position where they won't want to trade because they're they're borderline contenders, especially with the West being so wide open. Like you look at Minnesota, potentially LA, Nashville, and even Anaheim if you want to look at just Western teams only. All those teams have a chance to compete this year. So I think that kind of leads us to the, the whole notion of passing on the trade deadline this year for a defenseman and waiting until the offseason. Would that be fair to say, guys? Yeah, I think they're done. Yeah, I again, if uh, the rental market is too high, there's just no point in getting it for a defenseman. Defensemen are always going to go for the most. Just wait until the wait until Anaheim has to make a decision. Wait until Minnesota has to make a decision. I think uh, uh, I can't remember what other L.A. is going to have to make a decision. Those three teams, you go after the three of them for a defenseman, and you just you make them sweat it out. Don't make them uh, chase you now. Okay, well, one team that can make moves right now is the Detroit Red Wings. Does the name like Mike Green appeal to you guys at all? He's got one year left on his contract after this year. I know he could be a potential fit as a right-shot defenseman, getting older, power play guy. We've talked about him before, but is he a fit, guys? Uh, Yeah, I don't mind Mike Green. I just, uh, I mean, $6 million is his cap hit. I mean, the Leafs can obviously afford the cap hit. It's just what's the price going to be to acquire a guy like him? What does Detroit want? If Detroit's even shipping him off, um, but yeah, he would be an ideal guy if the if the cost is low and if the lease maybe say we won't retain salary and we'll we'll pay a little less to get him. That could work out in their favor. But any team that's expecting uh, a team like Detroit to take on salary is going to have to pay more. And I think the lease will have to if they look at a guy like Green will have to just say we'll. We'll eat the con- we'll take the whole salary and we'll give them less. And I don't even know where the price would start for a guy like him. The yeah, thing that question. I don't the thing I don't like about Green is that he's got another year and it's at six million dollars. I'd much rather wait and take a shot at 
getting a Kevin Shattenkirk who would probably get that for a year because he's I don't know I haven't I don't really watch I haven't really watched the Red Wings I don't know how well Mike Green's doing but he's kind of he's got to be like 33 or something like that he's um, okay this year he's very pedestrian but mind you the whole Red Wings team is so I don't know how much that's really saying you're more or less buying on the hope that he can invigorate life into what's already the best power play in the NHL um that doesn't even really make sense, but I just... They only play with 1D anyway, so it doesn't... I, really yeah, play. that's the thing. I don't even know if he's a true, true fit, aside from the fact that he's a right-handed shot. Well, he's 31, and he has 26 points, 10 goals a season, so... Well, he's, he's 31 in age, but I think his body might be 35, 36, when yeah. you consider how many injuries the guy's had. I mean, this is not the Mike Green that would score, you know, 30... 25, yeah. 25, and put up 70 points. He, I mean... Yeah, those as you said, those injuries did take a toll on him. He was such a great defenseman in uh, in Washington, and yeah, injury. I think that that does become a problem with the injuries too. I mean, the Leafs have their fair share of uh, guys who are uh, are sipping a nice sippy cup on the islands while they uh, nurse some injuries too. So I don't think the Leafs need another guy that have those injury problems. What do you guys think JVR could get if they were to move him? This is a topic we've talked about at length before, but looking at what a guy like Martin Hansel got, a first, a second, and a conditional pick that could turn into a first. That. Um, well, you think, I think JVR could even get more than that. Oh, more. It, it would, uh, uh, that's a you, lot. A yeah, one that is a lot. two twos is a lot. <laughs> that's what I was wondering, too. Is it just because he's a center? or? Yeah, you think I think that's why. It's man. You gotta be looking at your chops if you're the Leafs when you see that, and you go, "Okay, well, what could JVR get, or what could Debozak get?" Even you know, these are two guys that are set to expire. Their deals are set to expire for next season. Um, by looks of it, it could be a handsome return. Is that something you guys explore, or no? Obviously, I, I would, but I just don't see them dealing any of the guys this year. After making a move to get a guy like Brian Boyle, it kind of seems like. They're rewarding the team for putting out the effort and playing so well. And, yeah, it would be kind of a pretty shitty thing to do to trade away one of their uh, best players on this, on their second line that has shown so much, uh, so much promise. Yeah, and, J- yeah, JVR would be a tough one. And he, he played really well in that, play- that one series against Boston. He's a really good playoff performer, and... Uh, if if Marta comes back healthy, got no knock on wood, the hit, his injury problems will be good. And then Bozak, if he can just, we're not even asking Bozak to up his game. We're just telling Bozak to be dependable or just cons- consistent on that line. I think that line could be huge in a playoff run. Uh, and this Atlantic division is is wide open. I mean, we saw that with Ottawa now. Uh, up there and Montreal is in the mix and Florida's starting to come back a bit. I think they, they want to see where it goes with JVR. They're not even in a rush to move him right now. They, really the decision will come in the off season and whether they want to do something with them. So might as well just keep them. I know uh, Chris Johnson from sports. I was just reading that Lou is Lou didn't talk to reporters after the Brian, the Brian Boyle deal, meaning that something could still be in the works. So, I think they're more intent on keeping guys around and trying to move other contracts to make room. So I don't see the point of moving. I would maybe would have said that before if the Leafs were having struggles and maybe it's just not a time to make a big push. But they're they're pushing the 
the management to make the decision to add, not subtract. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I mean, I just it's just something to kick around just because you never know what you could get for them clearly based on what Martin Hansel oh. got and we've seen the asking price be pretty ridiculous by itself. Oh yeah. Set. Before we get out of here, guys, um, I know we all, by the sounds of it, think the Leafs are going to be pretty quiet at the trade deadline. This might be their only move that we see between now and Wednesday. What's one deal you guys think would happen in NHL that could be big? Is it Matthew Schengen trade? Is there, or is there a big deal period you guys see happening on Wednesday before 3 o'clock? I, I think Shattenkirk and Duchesne are both going to get moved. Where to where? I, I really think that Montreal is gonna is gonna deal uh, for Matt Duchesne. They just have to do something. There's they have probably one or two years left, and they have to just support the coach that they just signed. I mean, they just paid him what five million dollars a year, and you know, yeah, they got lucky. They got lucky in beating the Leafs because they took advantage of some terrible center play by Ben Smith, but. They don't look good, and they're losing again to New Jersey. Yeah. Um, I think Shattenkirk is the piece that gets moved. Duchesne, because it's just such a complicated situation in Colorado and what they want, I mean, what they're reporting that they want, especially, I mean, I don't know how much you can tell from Ottawa what the the asking price is, but uh, I think Duchesne, he's going to be a guy that a team will maybe try to, try to get a deal together last minute. I mean, I don't know how if you can get a deal together last minute, but I say Shattenkirk to I, I want to say New York because, I mean, New York, it just seems like the type of move they'll make if they have the pieces to get it done. And I, because I, we've seen so many of the guys get traded already, I don't even know who who would still be an option. I did read some potential players and most of them have been traded already. So it, it, it's it's going to be an interesting one, I, but it could be one where you're waiting for a deal to happen and teams are just not are just not ready to make a move. Yeah, I'm kind of with you guys. I think Shattenkirk and Duchesne will be the two big pieces that get moved. Um, I, I don't think Shattenkirk is going to go to New York or Boston like he desires. I think the reason for that is just because they know that they can wait until July 1. They have the best chance at signing him, so why spend assets to do it when we've seen the Rangers – hemorrhage first round picks to get players they don't have a lot left i don't think they've had one since 2012 so why spend another one for a player that you might not resign so i think they'll just wait and i'm with jake i do think duchene's gonna get moved i think the islanders they the islanders are canadians they could both make a pretty package around either barzel if you're the islanders or uh Sergachev if you're the canadians or no Juleson. or no yeah, Juleson too like they they got pieces in place to make a deal and they both got windows they got to maximize and more importantly Montreal's got to prove to Carey Price that they're serious about being contenders because he's due up for a new deal in after next season. And the Islanders got the same thing with John Tavares, so they got to prove something to these guys. Um, it'll be interesting to watch, guys. Yeah. Oh, and another guy I'll put out there, too, is Thomas Vanek from Detroit. If Detroit doesn't, uh, doesn't intend on signing him, he's another guy that people are, are talking about that could be on the move. So... Just add another name to the pot there, and he can be a guy that goes to a team looking for another winger like L.A. L.A. definitely needs some offense after they got Bishop. Yeah, there's a lot of talk right now as we're going to close with the pod that uh, Shan Kirk's going to Washington. It's not confirmed yet, but there's a lot of talk going on about it. Chris Johnson just tweeted out a couple other guys. It's, I don't know, man. It might be, might be a done deal. If it is, that's that's huge for the Capitals. 
Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. That, that's what I said. I said I thought he was going to go to Pittsburgh or Washington. Wow. I mean, it just it makes sense. They're they have to beat Pittsburgh, and you know they're playing Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think this might be one of their last chances too. Yeah, this is the best team they've had, I think, in Washington. So adding Shattenkirk only makes them that much better. Yeah. Yeah, All right, guys, on that note, we'll close this out. Um, we'll do it all again after Wednesday's trade deadline. I'd like to thank everybody for listening to this episode of the Tip of the Tower Toronto Maple Leafs podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tip of the Tower. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes at Tip of the Tower. You can follow me on Twitter at Crystal Kranitz. You can follow Dave on Twitter at D underscore Morisuti. You can follow Jake on Twitter at JakeMilton12. Enjoy the trades, guys, and uh, it might sound like you got a big one right now. So take care. Sweden, William Nylander. Tonight, Mitch Barner. <laughs> <laughs>